0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Tonight, I want to share with you and talk to you about being fruitful in prayer. But first, let's pray. Father, it's a privilege and an honor to study your word together and we do so in the name of Jesus. We invite your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide to help us better understand and know the things that you would want our hearts to receive. That we might be changed by what we hear from glory to glory. That we might be informed to walk with you in the light. We believe, dear Father God, to receive from on high revelation, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness, that we might be changed from glory to glory, that we might go forth and let our light shine among men, that they might see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. For we know we live on this earth, that you would be glorified in and through each and every one of our lives. And so, Father, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost and making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim truth in power and demonstration. For the kingdom is not just in word, but in power. And so, Father, thank you for that power to manifest in a glorious and wonderful way. And for all things, we'll give you the praise that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Fruitful in prayer. In the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, this is the apostle Paul speaking to the church. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, of their conversion... Do not cease to pray for you. Okay, Paul, what did you pray for these people? To desire that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, why, Paul? That you might, number one, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Boy, shouldn't that be the desire of our heart? To walk worthy of him unto all pleasing? Then notice this, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So look at those things he's talking about. Living a life that pleases God. And then being fruitful. God wants us to be fruitful. And every single one of us should have that same desire within our hearts. To be a productive fruit bearing branch in the vine. Is that your heart's desire tonight? To be a productive fruit bearing branch? Well, look at John's Gospel, chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. And you know what? If it wasn't when you came in tonight, it will be when you leave. It will be your desire. I guarantee it. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. About in me and I in you. As the branch, notice, cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father, what? Glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Obviously, he wants us all to be fruit-bearing branches in the vine. But to be one that bears fruit requires being connected to the vine. It's really not all that difficult to figure out. You see, the branch could be close to the vine, but that's not good enough. It's got to be connected to the vine in order for it to bear fruit. And so, we don't know a tree by its leaves necessarily, by its root system, by its bark or trunk. We know a tree by its fruit, do we not? So in other words, what kind of fruit are we bearing? Apple trees produce apples. Orange trees, likewise, oranges, and so on. We understand that. Well, Jesus said either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to be a productive, fruit-bearing branch In the vine that's producing good fruit for the kingdom of God what about you that should be our longing desire but I want you to notice something here in verse 7 though again look at John 15 verse 7 see the branch and the vine both need each other if you cut off all the branches what's the vine going to produce nothing if the branch is not connected to the vine what's it going to produce Nothing. They need each other. We need Him and He needs us. Because we're in the earth and He wants us to be fruit-bearing branches. So that we can give place to His will being done on earth through our lives. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and there's a slim possibility it'll be done for you. No, it shall be done unto you. Notice This verse basically has two parts to it. You've got the condition and you've got the results. Or you could say you've got the cause and you've got the effect. The first part being, let's just say the cause or let's just say the condition. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. What's the most important word in that whole line? If is the most important word. If you abide in me, if my words abide in you. Notice he didn't say if you're just sitting close to a Bible. Mm -mm. Or if you're sitting close to a preacher. Or if you're sitting close to another Christian. He said, if you abide in me, and if my word abides in you, that's the condition you can say that's the cause so notice in psalms 1 he's talking about a close daily fellowship with the lord he's talking about every single day not once in a while not once a week Sunday, I put in my responsibility, my duty, I go to church, I close my Bible, I go home, and for the rest of the week, I'm just living life without thinking about God. And then finally Sunday comes around, I get it out, I go back to church. He's not talking about that. He's talking about a close fellowship with the Lord. To abide means to remain in continually, to be connected to constantly, To have a a daily, in other words, relationship and fellowship with God. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So he's talking about daily contact, daily communication, daily interaction. And he says, if you'll do that, look what's going to happen. Psalm 1, beginning of verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Notice the three things there. Where he walks, where he stands, and where he sits. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates once a week on Sunday morning. No, day and night he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers notice that how important is it for us to recognize and realize When we become Christians we have a different lifestyle and different value system when it comes to those who are non-Christians or non-believers. They may delight in those other things that we mentioned. We don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We walk in the counsel of the godly. We don't sit in the seat of the sinner. We sit in the seat of the saint. Amen? Or stand we don't sit and scoff. We praise and worship God. We've got a different lifestyle. You see, when Monday morning rolls around and a person maybe is just, I guess, they go to church out of obligation. When Monday hits, it's like everything just falls apart. Get up in the morning. It's another mundane Monday. We've got to go to work. We've got to get the kids to school. We've got to make the lunches. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to do the other thing and all that. But you know what a -believer, a believer does? This is another day the Lord hath made for me to rejoice and be glad in. Jesus, I'm so glad I'm alive in you. Thank you for another day to live my life upon the earth to glorify you. Another opportunity to prove to you my love for you, my gratitude, my appreciation for what you've done for me. You shed your blood upon Calvary's cross. You are my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You're my Deliverer. You're my Healer, my Baptizer with the Holy Ghost and Fire, my Sanctified you are my shepherd i shall not want jesus you're my alpha omega and beginning in the end you're the first and the last and all there is in between you're my strength you're my guide and the list goes on and on and before you know it it's time to go to work amen you see we have a different lifestyle because we have a different value system I know someone says, but there's not enough time for me to meditate the word. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. I'll be honest with you. We can't afford not to. I know we've got so many other things in our plate. We've got so much to do. But you know what? All that can stop in a heartbeat just like that. We can't afford not to. That means we need to get into the word of God. Sow it into our hearts. Why? So we can become these productive fruit bearing branches in the vine. Because you see when you get in your heart. You don't need to walk around with your Bible. When you're in the workplace. You can say just want to thank you Jesus. You're the strength of my life. You're greater in me than he that is in this world. And no matter what I encounter throughout the course of this day. I know because of your love in my heart. I will walk in love. Even if I'm wrongfully treated, I'm going to walk in your love because I represent you upon this earth and I'm going to show other people what it's like to be a true Christian who loves God, even be joyful in temptation, when I'm tested tempted and tried by the enemy you see, to give a different attitude and countenance toward these people, I'm not going to do that I'm not going to yield to that. I'm going to yield to your love. I'm going to walk in your love. I'm going to let joy flow out of my heart and be at peace with all men as much as it's in my power and ability because your word tells me to do that. And so I would rather honor you than what my flesh wants to do right now. Because really, my flesh would like to wring their necks. But I won't give in to that. I would do it in love. But that won't cut it either. Anyhow, part number two. It shall be given or done for you. It shall be done for you. If you abide in me my words abide in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. Notice the abiding part. We have to abide in him, the vine, and the word has to abide in us. And how do we get the word to abide in us? We meditate it by day and night, mull over it, we think about it. And allow it to become a part of our being. See, we can't do that once a week and get the results that we're looking for. But if we'll take time every day just to establish a meaningful time of fellowship with the Lord. And pouring over His Word. Reading from the Bible. And putting it in our hearts. Confessing it with our mouths. Committing it to memory. As the psalmist said, I hid your word in my heart that I wouldn't sin against you. And then asking the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us so that by his grace, we can be doers of the word, keepers of the word, and not just hearers only. In other words, we arise in the morning, Father, I want to thank you that the spirit of obedience rests upon me today, that I might live this day honoring you and glorifying you in that I think, say, and do that you would be magnified in and through my life. Everywhere I go, make me a blessing. May your divine favor rest upon me and make me a blessing everywhere I go. Praise God. Let goodness and mercy follow me every day of my life. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 11. This, of course, is the results part or the effects part. And Jesus had this perfectly down pat. This is the story of Lazarus when he raised him from the dead. And remember his sister Martha said right before this, Lord, roll away the stone. Man, he's, he's been dead for four days. By this time he's decaying or he stinketh, the King James says. Well, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast past tense heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, that's pretty confident, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. So here we see a situation where Jesus was a fruit bearer. What he said before all this was, when he found out that Lazarus was dying, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified thereby. He said those words four days prior to what we just read. And when he said those words four days prior, he meant them from his heart. You know why? He always spent time with his father. You see, he himself was connected to the vine. It's not hard for a tree to produce fruit in a branch if the branch is connected to the vine. Now it's a lot more difficult. It's not gonna work if it's not. But when it's hooked up together with the vine, it has the mind of the vine, has the will of the vine, the understanding of the vine, the life flow of the vine flowing into the branch it automatically produces fruit. It's going to happen. And that's the picture that Jesus is painting for us. If the Son of God needed to spend quality time with the Father, the vine, receiving direction, receiving wisdom, receiving understanding, direction as to what he should do in a given situation, where does that leave us? We too need to follow that same example. And spend some time, Lord. This is a difficult situation. I really need to know what to do. I need to know which way to turn and where to go. So my eyes are upon you. I'm just going to spend a little bit of time talking things over with you, believing that you're going to direct me either into your word or by your spirit. Now, Jesus spent that quality of time with the Father, and when he spoke those words out, he did so with great confidence and said, Father, I know you heard me. I'm not saying it for me. I'm saying it for these people so they know and they can believe and they can receive that I'm the son of God. So he knew that's confidence. Hallelujah. And it was his close connection that produced the confidence. And I know what we're thinking. That could be the son of God and that was Jesus. And I understand that. But look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Now, John was there when this event occurred. He saw man's body decayed, come back to life after four days. You think that didn't impact him and influence his writing? Oh, I'm sure it did. Same beloved John the Apostle. Look at what he says. Remember, fasting and prayer today. We want our prayers to be effective. We want to be effective and fruitful when it comes to our prayer lives. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Notice, this is the confidence we have in him. If we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. Let's kind of break this down. First of all, the word confidence. Knowing that God heard us when we asked or when we prayed. And that we have the petition we desire of him is called our confidence. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 and 36. When we ask the father for something. The confidence that we have is knowing that he heard us. And knowing that we have it. And we'll see it play out in a moment. Cast not away therefore your what? Don't throw it away. Don't let it fall by the side. Why not, writer of Hebrews, which hath great recompense of reward, the result? For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So now notice, when we ask for something, we also can ask with confidence. The confidence is that we know He heard us. Look at the next point. He hears us. I'm sorry. We ask according to his will. We ask according to his will. Well, how do we know his will? We know his will by looking to the Bible, the word of God, and also listening to the spirit who gives us revelation or an understanding. Now remember, every single one of us has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And we've been told he's living there to teach us the things we need to know. And also to be our travel guide through life. He will guide us into all the truth. He will show us things to come. He will speak to us what he hears of the Father. So if we ask according to his will, then we know he hears us. So we have to first ascertain the will of God. We look in the word of God. It says, my God shall supply all your need. Is it his will to to supply all my need? It must be. He's not willing that one person should perish. Is it his will to save all mankind? Obviously. This is the will of God concerning you that you sanctify your body and keep it under. That's the will of God concerning us. And also, it is his will that we praise him all the time. So we can go to the word of God and find many things that represent his will. Jesus bore our sickness, he carried our pain, so it's his will that we be healed and that we be whole. It's His will that we be delivered from this present evil age because Galatians 1.4 makes that very clear. That is the will of God in Christ concerning us. That we be delivered from the evils of this age. Aren't you glad? And that the enemy doesn't have an upper hand over our lives. Okay, so we can find the will of God by going to the Word of God, reading it, getting a thorough understanding of it. And also we can receive revelation of the will of God. How? By His Spirit as he tells us what to do in certain given situations. Well, if we have confidence because he heard us and he heard us because we know his will, well, because we've asked according to his will, we know for a fact, you heard me. You heard me when I asked. And now I know I have the petition, I desire of you. Now, why do we know we have it? Is it because we see it manifested already? No, has nothing to do with it. We know that we have it because we asked for it and we know he heard us and we're confident that it's ours. You realize Jesus didn't see the manifestation until four days later when he brought him out of the grave, but he held on to it. He embraced it. He didn't let go of it. He didn't cast away his confidence. He didn't get there cowering in fear. Can you imagine? Think about it. The enemy sends Martha along to say, Jesus, Jesus. He's stinketh by now. He's decaying by now. If he'd have been here maybe a little bit earlier, he would have lived, but it's too late now. It's even beyond what you can do because, see, his body's decaying. I don't know. Does it get more bleak than that? Does it? His body's decaying. It's four days. Did that ruffle his feathers at all? Was Jesus like move like, oh my, If if I'd have been here yesterday, maybe this would work. No, he, he, it didn't even bother him. He said, didn't I say to you that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? Well, let's remember that. If we believe, we'll see the glory of God. Not if we doubt, not if we cast away our confidence, but if we believe, we will see the glory of God. And we believe that God is at work. I may not see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, or smell it, but I know that my God is at work. Praise God. I know it. I know it. I know it. Well, if we know he hears us, like Jesus knew that the Father heard him, our Lazarus will come forth. Our miracle will manifest. Now, we know we have the petition we desire of him because we asked according to his will. We know he heard us because we asked according to his will. And because we've asked according to his will and because we know he heard us, We are confident that we have the petition already that we desired of him. And so we thank him even though we don't see it yet. Now look again in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 and 36. Look at this one more time. Cast not away therefore your what? What's my confidence? I asked according to his will. I know that he heard me. I know that I have the petition I desired of him. I'm not going to cast that away. I'm not going to cast that aside. Then he says, you have needed patience. Confidence needs patience. Why? That after you've done the will of God, which was asking according to his will, you might receive the promise. Okay, so let's put it together now. Confidence needs patience or endurance because we will be challenged like Jesus was along the way with our Marthas coming along and saying if you'd have been here earlier he'd still be alive but you know you weren't here and now he's dead there's nothing more that can be done about it it's a hopeless situation Jesus our dreams are shattered and all that I mean our hopes are are shattered our dreams are are gone they're dead there's nothing that we can do about the situation Jesus what am I going to do now? We just have to accept it just for what it is and the way it is, and that's all there is to it. But Jesus, not even moved at all by that, does not cast away his confidence. He just says, Father, I know you heard me, and I know I have it. So Lazarus, come forth. Well, what a place to get to in our walk with God, that we are so confident. We know that we've asked him to meet a need, but we asked him according to his will because we found out his will in the word of God. If I need strength, can I be confident that I can go to the Word of God and find out a verse of Scripture that offers me strength? I believe so. I can think of a few. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is my life in salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I will defend you and fight for you. I will go before you. Isaiah 41 10 says, fear not for I am with thee, be not dismayed for I am thy God, yea, I will help thee, I will strengthen thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, so if I need strength, let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I may not have one ounce of strength left in me, but Father, I'm asking you for the impartation of your strength. I believe you heard me because I know it's your will according to your word. And so therefore, I thank you for making an advance toward me. I am confident That when I need it, your strength will rise up on the inside of me and enable me to carry out whatever it is I have to do. I will do it in your strength, not in my own strength. In your ability, not my own ability. I know that through Christ I can do all things who strengthens me or infuses inner strength into my innermost being and basically just has it explode in my life so that I can carry out your will. And whatever it is that we're looking to God for, it could be a financial need. It could be a physical need. It could be an emotional need. It could be a a social need. Whatever the need might be, God wants us to trust Him and believe and be confident. Trust the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will bring it to pass. So this is called fruit bearing. Prayer. Prayer that bears fruit. Prayer that gets results. Man, I don't know about you, but I like it when my prayers get results. What about you? Amen. You know what? Let's take it to the highest level. I believe the highest level is our praying on the behalf of others to bring them into the kingdom of Almighty God. Let's get our eyes off ourselves for just a moment. Our personal needs for a moment. And realize people everywhere all around us are being lost to eternity. I mean, they're out there in our communities, in the workplace, in our schools, all around us. People every single day are dying and being lost to eternity. You know what? we got the convenience of, of the internet right now. And to be honest with you, you could go on there and you can pull up a lot of videos where it talks about people that had basically death experiences. Some went to heaven and hell and came back to tell about their experience. You know, you might be sitting out there, well, I don't know if they're all true. Well, you know, I'm sure there are a lot that aren't. But I'm telling you, there are a lot that are. Bill Waite Weiss, if you remember his, we showed it 23 minutes in hell that he showed here. I'll tell you what, that'll make you an evangelist. You read, you you, you watch that video, and you see for 23 minutes, he was in hell, given a tour, and witnessed and experienced things that, go beyond our imagination and he came back, he visited heaven as well, and came back and he goes to every, everywhere he can go in churches to talk about his experience, I think he was on the 700 Club on different programs um, telling about his experience, and I'll tell you what maybe we should show that more often, maybe once in a while maybe once a year or something like that, it'll get people become flaming evangelists in a heartbeat when you see that Why do we want to do that? Because we want to use our faith to bring others into the family of God. That's why we keep on praying for the work in Cuba, Bolivia, Guatemala, Venezuela. Because no matter how horrific the situations appear to be in the natural, the 1040 window, we're believing God together to pour out His Spirit, to manifest His glory, to raise up labors of love to go into the highways and byways of life proclaim Jesus to these people because they're eternal spirit beings and they'll never cease to exist and these will spend their eternity in a suffering like we've never began to understand or in in a glorious place that we can't understand either but we can Join forces together with God through prayer and believe. That's why we do this every Wednesday, the last Wednesday of the month. We do it throughout the month as well. But we focus a lot more on fasting and praying on the last Wednesday of the month. And we're believing God for the communities round about us. To have the darkness dispelled and the light of the countenance of the glory of God to manifest. I don't want to come just to church and a church service where we put in our obligation and duty. I want God to show up, show off. And manifest himself in dynamic and powerful ways. In saving the lost, healing the sick, and setting the captives free. What about you? In John 15, um, look at verse 8. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. Notice the commission. And that your fruit should remain that. Whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father, he's talking about prayer fruit, isn't he? In my name, he may give it to you. He's talking about prayer fruit. Be effective in our prayer life to reach the throne of God, to unleash the miracle power of God into the lives of people. See Jesus. Look at John fifteen eight, or, or, or I'm sorry, fifteen sixteen. Was that fifteen sixteen? That was, wasn't it? I didn't think it was John fifteen eight. Put John fifteen eight up there if you wouldn't mind. That was 15, 16. 15, 8, Verse 8. Okay, what it says is, remember he said, if you abide in him, words abide in you, you ask what your will shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. That you bear much fruit. So shall be my disciples. Notice fruit bearing. We're bearing fruit. In other words, We are sowing the seed of God's word in the lives of other people to bring them into the family of God. We're sowing prayer fruit. Believing God's miraculous power to be manifested to save the lost, heal the sick, and set the captives free. Answers to prayer glorify God. In Luke's gospel, you recall the story. But I want you to see how Jesus, after he proclaimed the word over this person's life. The man was delivered and set free. But God didn't get glorified when the man was a paralytic. He got glorified when the man was delivered and healed and set free. Luke's Gospel. Chapter 5. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, This is the man that was born afore." They led him down to the ceiling tile. Remember? And there he was before Jesus. And, of course, he wanted healed. And Jesus said your sins are forgiven you, and so on. And of course, the Pharisees and the scribes got very indignant and upset with Jesus for that. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Who are you making yourself out to be? And he said, what reason in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, "Rise rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up oh, that were on lay and, uh, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Notice, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God. Notice Jesus said, Here in my Father's glorified, would you bear much fruit? He was glorifying God. They were glorifying God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. So, this was something that they hadn't seen before. Well, beloved, I want us to be able to see it on a regular basis, don't you? Don't you want to have the greater glory of God in manifestation? Well, we can have that if we believe God together, to see the glory of God it. But notice it gave glory to God when this individual was healed of that paralytic condition. He glorified God. The people glorified God. God got glory after the man was delivered and set free every single one of us is to live our lives to let our light shine among men they might see our good works and what? glorify our father which is in heaven you realize that that's what glorifies God and so tonight in conclusion uh, look at Acts 27 verse 25 A productive prayer life that produces the kind of fruit that God's looking for is the results of of a branch being connected to the vine and staying closely connected on a daily basis. Feeding on the Word of God is what helped us stay connected. And as we meditate it every day, as we let it sink into our ears and to our hearts and our minds, it starts to change our lives. And as Paul was out on this ship, and they were all going to die as a result of this terrific storm that they were encountering, something took place... That transcended the situation. Because of his being connected to the vine. Because of his daily routine in walking with God. Knowing God. Fellowshiping with God. Through his word or in prayer or worship and praise or by his spirit. An angel paid him a visit and said to him. Look, be of good cheer. Everyone's going to be saved. Everyone's going to be spared if they'll listen to what you say. And he told him what to do and so when he heard those words see here's prayer fruit he heard those words he's speaking out the will of God because he knew it from his heart because of the divine connection wherefore sirs be of good cheer for I believe God say those three words with me I believe God say it again say it again say with enthusiasm See, that's how we got to get sometimes. You know, that can't happen. I believe God. That's impossible. I believe God. There's no way that's going to work, but I believe God. Are you telling me it's impossible with God? Are you telling me that God can't do it? I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Oh, I love it. Did the storm stop immediately? Absolutely not. They had to ride out the storm. They lost a ship. But their lives were spared. Not one was lost, praise God. Why? He believed God. And let me show you the carryover. After, it, after they, the ship was lost, after they came on shore, and it was on the island, they made a fire, and Paul was grabbing some sticks to put into the fire, and when all of a sudden a snake, a venomous beast, the Bible says, attached itself to his arm or to his wrist, and the venom began to course through his veins. And when the native people that were there, knowing what kind of snake it was, knowing how deadly it was, watched and saw by the time he should have been dead, first they said, this man must be a, a murderer since he escaped the sea, but he will not escape this. So he's a murderer. When they saw he didn't die, and they watched he didn't die, and they kept watching he didn't die. Why didn't he die? He shook it off in a fire. He just shook it off right in the fire. Snake and shake. He snook it off, shook it off right in the fire and just didn't even act like as if anything took place. He didn't even get bitten, but he shook it off. Why? He believed God. I can't die in the sea because I have an appointment with Caesar. I can't die by the snake bite. I've got an appointment with Caesar. I got to go to Rome. See, he believed God, and what did he see by believing God? He saw the glory of God at sea. He saw the glory of God with a snake. Praise God. See, if we believe God, we will see the glory of God. We'll see the miraculous take place. If we believe, we will receive. Man, I don't know about you, but it thrills my heart to know that we can join forces together with God and accomplish His purposes in the earth by staying closely connected to the vine. Not once a week, but every day. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world, through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. and I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus, Come into my heart and I will accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.